0: Welcome everybody to the EDM podcast. This is a show where we interview artists, producers, and any industry experts in the realm of electronic music production, who we believe can help you grow as an artist. Now, my name is Aiden Russell. I am the general manager here at EDM Prod, and I also produce and DJ under the name Artsy. Now, as always, this episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. It is our course for new producers where you practically learn the fundamentals of electronic music production by making professional grade tracks uh, in different styles. And so you can actually walk away with solid skills that put you in good stead for being able to make your own originals. If you're a new producer who's struggling to get those basic skills down, whether it's just putting together a loop or finishing your first song, EDM Foundation systematically will take you through each step of the production process and give you all the tools you need. So if you wanna learn how to make electronic music, head to edmfoundations.com to learn more. Now, today we have a special guest on the EDM podcast. We have Party With Ray. Now, Freddie, also known as Party With Ray, is a producer and DJ from LA. And he's come from this world of indie rock and kind of bands and in the last couple of years, focused this new project on electronic music, collaborating with people like Zoo and already growing massive amounts of fans with his signature style of slow, dark house music. Now, in this interview, we talk about not only his background, we talk about how um, he had some really cool achievements such as his sync deal with Marvel and how his tune with Zoo, Down for the Low, got placed in the new Marvel, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier series, which I think is a really cool uh, you know, achievement. We talk about how he moved from his indie background to electronic music and the challenges he faced. And he has a few really cool one-liners, which I think a lot of producers can take away. So stay tuned for the whole episode because you'll really hear these cool nuggets he has to say. Um one really thing I really appreciate about his attitude towards music is that he just keeps it fun and you will see that reflected in his name and his whole attitude towards production. So this is a really good episode. Can't wait to jump into the EDM Podcast 162 with, Joffrey, with Party with Ray. Alright everyone, welcome to the EDM Podcast. Today we are joined by Party With Ray. How's it going, man?
1: Good. Happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Good to have you on there, man. And it's uh, afternoon there, so you're just chilling chilling out, enjoying things?
1: Yeah, having a little drink here. You know, it's the evening time, so...
0: Nice, nice. Um, You been up too much this week?
1: Uh, This week, just still recovering from the uh on friday was the ep release nice. and the ep release party that i was throwing that night but then we also zoo had a secret set at a nocturnal uh this insomniac festival out in san bernardino so oh cool i went out with him before my party and um you know he brought me up for little mama which was dope during the secret set and then i just like jumped in a car and went straight to the venue got like there 20 minutes before my set the party was like popping so it was, it was great awesome. and uh yeah and then the next morning man we were up late and then one of my best friends was getting married the next day oh so, wow <laughs> so we woke up at like 9:30 a.m. and drove to the wedding and stayed up again to party uh wow so yeah like just been uh recovering and starting to get back into work mode today though yeah,
0: yeah. fair sounds like a very full weekend yeah (laughs) yeah we packed it
1: in um the secret set you know the the secret set appearance definitely came together and just in the last week before but nice um you know it was possible and we made it work so it was cool
0: that's sick man nah so good awesome so i mean i guess for those of you who um don't know you, quick little background obviously you you've come up in the last couple years um Uh, in your own right and initially through a collaboration with zoo who's been a frequent collaborator of yours actually and um and now you've just released your party starters ep which we'll dive into a bit at the end of the episode because i have some um cool questions around how that came about but for those of you who um for those people out there who are listening and haven't quite um heard of you do you just want to dive into your musical background and you know how you kind of got to where you are today i suppose
1: yeah well before uh just quick before party with ray i was in like indie rock bands and i was a a singer and guitar player and actually drums was my first instrument so like uh you know rhythm was always just a huge part of what i was doing as a songwriter and you know i went through a couple different phases had a college band uh and then yeah in 2019 was when Came for the Low came out and that was my my first song it was a collab with Zoo um as mm. as party with Ray and um yeah just fit I would I would say like getting into this style like coming from a a place of songwriting where it was about like big choruses and mm. you know vocal harmonies bright guitars guitar solos like I really was so fat like fascinated by the low like i loved the low end of club music yeah and that's like definitely part of where that uh came for the low came from so it's definitely like and then when i wrote you know when i wrote that uh i was like oh man i i think like i have something here you know like that was one of the first yeah. things that i wrote as party with ray so like it just i've been writing songs for a long time and like you just sort of feel it like all right there's something cool here and then obviously when i you know showed it to zoo and he put his magic on it like you know it became the song that that was put out but uh mm. but yeah like really uh i've been making music for a long time and I just sort of let this this project like come about pretty naturally um yeah. and and just sort of you know came through. of the first things i wrote and and then i was just you know djing living here in la like I would also say just so many uh, people I knew like weren't really playing in in bands anymore. I mean, there's definitely still bands, but uh, maybe it was just my social circles. I'm not sure what, but I was like, uh, I just want to DJ with my friends. Like, like, I just want to like hang out, like party with my friends. And um, so the project like definitely came from a place of like just not taking itself too seriously. And like... Mm um just yeah i mean i think that's a huge part of it like just letting the songs come and like yeah what's so cool about djing is you get to mix in like if you're not feeling any of your own music at the moment or whatever you can just play other favorite stuff from other people and it's like very inspiring so um yeah that's you know that's sort of like where the project was born out of for sure
0: that's cool. That's cool. Had you always lived in LA, or is that somewhere you moved um, later on? I grew up outside Boston, right?
1: And then cool. uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and then I moved here when I was nineteen for college.
0: Nice, nice. So you just yeah. kind of stuck around ever since then. And then
1: I stuck around. Well, my caught co- my you know, my college band. We like played some festivals. We actually played a very small stage at Bonnaroo. So I sort of cool. had some. You know, I had reasons to stick around LA for sure. Like, nothing really broke through like this, like Party with Ray. But, um, yeah, but yes, I did not leave. I came here and I, did, <laughs>
0: and I didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's encouraging as well. Um, I think a lot of people would look at your project and be like, man, he was so successful from the first song. Um, but it's like actually a lot of people don't see the work that's gone in before that project and like all the bands that you were a part of before and all that musical history, um, I find a lot of, you know, artists change their styles a bit and they start this new project, which does become successful. It actually has been so many iterations of other stuff before that. So that's, um, that's really cool to hear. Like the long, I guess the longer version. Yeah. Of your, of your I think journey. it kind
1: of has to be, you No, know, I have just like a lot of friends, uh, you know, living in in a city like this for sure. And, mm so much stuff that has to go right like yeah. for people to pay attention to a project like musically like from the image like just the timing of what's going on musically the kinds of shows that you can play um like who you're connected to sort of things like so yeah no it de- i it it like definitely makes sense that like you you got to figure some stuff out even just beyond the music being in the right place yeah. to make uh, to make a project happen. So, yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, you've had to have some practice, had to have some failure yeah. uh, and like learn from that stuff.
0: Yeah, you're right. I think definitely even from like the promotion and marketing side of things, you know, not only are you learning to like, you know, write good tunes, but you're also learning to, you know, put yourself out there and having experience with, you know, releasing and obviously you being part of a band and that kind of thing. It's like it puts you in good stead for when, you know, for now. And then you, all right, I've done a bit of that stuff before. I've released music. I know how this works. So it's like I can actually, you know, have, have some like choice in how I present myself as an artist um, on top of just the music itself as well, which is really cool. And I think one thing with you in particular is your name is particularly cool. Like it's a bit, it's a bit different. You know, it's as you describe, I think in your bio, it's like hashtagable. Was that like a deliberate thing you did when you came up with the name?
1: Yeah, well, I think, I mean, the name totally just comes from like not, you know, not taking itself too seriously, but I think that Mm. was like.
0: Okay, this is Aiden from the future here, and I just wanted to quickly let you know that what you're about to hear slash see is actually an earthquake that happened here in Melbourne while I was recording this episode with Party with Ray. Uh, It's kind of funny. I decided to leave it in for a bit of a laugh but you'll see the background starts to shake and i kind of freak out for a bit but afterwards we get on track so uh yeah enjoy
1: a really important for me to th- thing for me to stay focused on cuz i was like man if we're going to be like djing playing like dance music like it's got to be a party right you don't want it to be too serious so like the name uh ray like like starbucks got my name wrong yo like my-
0: there's an earthquake oh Oh, yo! Okay, we can. Shit. Hang on. Yeah, yeah no problem. <laughs> this is in Australia, man. There's never an earthquake here. <laughs> Hang on, just let me check my wife. One sec, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> yo, sorry, man. That was so trippy. <laughs> wow, no, I could see it.
1: That's uh, that was seemed pretty big.
0: Yeah, man. Wow, I've my wife um, because we're when you're New Zealand, obviously in Australia here and uh, um they get earthquakes all the time, but we never normally get them here. So dude, that was wild. (laughs) Um, I'm
1: glad it's all good though.
0: Sweet, man. Um, Yeah. We're talking about like, it was, you know, inspired by you, like just not taking things too seriously, I think.
1: Yeah. So like the, so my, my real name, first name is Freddie. Uh, and I, I went to Starbucks and you know how they always get people's names wrong. One time they called me Ray and, like, it was just so off. Oh, right. It was just, like, yeah, it was, like, just weird enough that, like, me and my friends thought it was funny. It just sort of stuck. Uh, and it sort of became, like, a party alter ego at, like, a certain point. So it was, like, an nice. inside joke before I even started DJing. And then once I started, like, DJing and making this kind of music, I was, like, well, that, like, really fits um, with, like, the vibe of, like, what I want to be doing. Um, so, yeah, it's really, like, you know, I don't uh, – I definitely take like making music seriously and performing seriously and stuff but like uh it's really about having a good time for sure
0: that's cool man yeah Yeah, wow yeah i think a lot of artists when they choose a name it's like um sometimes i i I think yeah you definitely have to have something that reflects like what you like who you are and like you know what you want to do with your music and like, having, you know, the fun element of it and just, like, not taking it too seriously. I I think that's really cool because a lot of people do take music too seriously sometimes. It's, like, it's music. We're meant to have fun with it, you know? Um, Yeah. When I feel like I did,
1: like, in my band beforehand, like, we, you know...
0: Yeah.
1: I feel like a lot learned a lot from that. And, like, at a certain point in, like, a few bands, you're trying to, like, you know, do something, like, think of a name, and it's, like, almost impossible to, like, sit down and like have a group think about it and everyone's being serious and like come up with something that's actually mm. gonna be cool cuz like even if it sounds kind of cool i feel like it's going to sound like a little pr- like pretentious or like you know it sounds like a group of you sat down to like make up a cool name like it it's so hard to like get something genuine so i think like
0: yeah
1: uh a lot of stuff really does have to come from just like a genuine place whatever that is for each uh for each artist
0: totally i mean for me personally like my artist name is artsy but it's like a kind of a pun like it's it's semi-serious semi-joke because it's art and the word like sea like the ocean all in one yeah it's kind of like i was it was for me like an experimental phase when i came up with that name and it's like oh like it's kind of also got a bit of humor in it but it's yeah so i think that for me was something that reflected what i wanted it to be but um for each artist you do need to kind of go out there and find what that is for you without overthinking it yeah
1: yeah and well like what I think I didn't realize before when I was like when I was younger in the other projects is like
0: you do have to live
1: with it like you have to own it like whatever the name is whatever the image is like you really do have to like be that um
0: yeah
1: yeah, you got to be comfortable with it right like you gotta it's got to represent you for sure
0: exactly man no that's cool um and then one thing, I guess, so you you kind of got into electronic music through the circle you were in. Um, I'm curious because Zoo specifically has been kind of this elusive character, and like definitely someone who like you know has a lot of mystery surrounding them. So how did you come? How did you actually meet them? And how did that yeah? How did that whole process happen?
1: Well, we uh, went to school together. So when oh you know, we're wow. Doing- yeah we knew each other. We were both music students um in college so That's crazy yeah and we like wrote some stuff before he actually there's like this old old remix he did of my old band like it's very funny like going back and listening um so that was like when we were connected but like at the at that time there wasn't yeah. a lot of crossover in the styles we were doing and he wasn't even making stuff like he's you know like Hmm. he makes now so he was you know it takes time to find yourself for sure i mean i think that's also also part of it um yeah and yeah but anyways when i started like 2018-ish is when i started making more electronic or yeah electronic leaning stuff like dance house music um that's when there was like opportunity to um for us to collab you know actually collaborate um And I honestly, I think came for the low was like the first thing that I showed him. Also, so it was also, um, so yeah. You know, we've just known each. And I think like when we work, like we, it definitely is beneficial that we can hang out Mm. without having to feel this pressure to do something. Because like, yeah, uh, again, in this sort of like not you know like letting things flow, letting things happen, whatever you want to call it. like we just sort of hang out and wait till we're inspired, like talk about music, talk about movies, whatever it is. Uh, like you yeah. watch some stuff on YouTube, you know, like, um, nice. so I, I do think that like, um, you know, and the people that I collaborate with for sure, like having that, that friendship part helps, um, things like be more open creatively.
0: That's cool, man. Um, yeah i totally agree like having having long-term friends who you can write music with because you understand each other and you and you can like understand how people work and their personalities and there is definitely something special like i have a couple friends who like who definitely have similar experiences with even if they're in slightly different genres and stuff like that it's it's definitely like something something special especially in comparison to like i guess collaborating with someone over the internet or just someone you haven't really met before um yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I mean, getting like real, you know, getting
1: like real inspiration. Like, I don't think anyone really knows how to like, can like snap your fingers and do it. But yeah, yeah, like sort of being loose, you know, it like helps for sure. Yeah, man. Um, in the writing session,
0: I'm interested as well. Like when you kind of transitioned to electronic music, and and you just started working with Sue on on tunes and sent him, um, came for the low like was there any challenges you experienced like coming from, I guess the more band background and then, you know, getting into maybe the more like electronic side of things. What was, yeah. Was there any like challenges there for you?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, I think getting into the more sound design aspects and like really getting good bass drum sounds and kick drum sounds and like, things are working together in the mix i mean like that was definitely because it's a very different style of mixing than like a band for sure i mean the relationship between the kick drum and the bass drum is like super different between a rock band and club music house music Mm -hmm. um so that that definitely uh was like the biggest challenge just something i just keep trying getting better at with every song too that's what's so cool about this style of music too is like the sound design is such a big part of it more so than a band that that then becomes like this endless journey of you trying new stuff yeah um so that's something i think is really cool i would say also just because it it it's so different from a songwriting standpoint Mm -hmm. that than like a band that some some of it was hard but then sometimes it was like kind of easy because i got i would get really inspired by just doing like a bass line and a kick drum. Cause I hadn't done a lot of it yet. Like as yeah. a songwriter. So um, yeah, like kind of kicking off jumping into a new genre. Like there was a lot of opportunity like for new inspiration too, for sure. Um, mm. So that was a good th- That was like a good part. And then yeah, the mit like mixing and sound design, you definitely got to work on that stuff.
0: Yeah, totally. I think it's a lot of control you can have as well. You may have noticed like, so you can control every element, I think, whereas in a band, you know, you, you kind of, you record it, you can do a bit of editing afterwards, but you know, it, there's, there's a limitation there, but with electronic music, you can just endlessly tweak stuff, uh, into a yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like percussion elements become like hooks or they can, or yeah. like, like every, every element matters so much in, um. You know, house music and electronic leaning music. Uh, mm. Yeah, I don't know that. That's like definitely every member of a band is valuable, also. But it definitely is like sure. sonically a different, a different thing.
0: Totally, I think. Yes, yeah, Skrillex, who obviously I think had a similar background to what you've come from in bands and stuff like that, and and singing. Um, he early on described electronic music as like a platform to write music. It's like it's it's a whole different world of like being able to manipulate sound and um yeah, just it's it's a lot of you know endless creative possibilities, um which is really cool. I think that's why a lot of people end up making the leap from that world, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, there
1: was a feeling of like as I was writing you know guitar songs like shortly before jumping into the electronic world, I was like, man, where can I really? push this to like make my just make myself really excited and it was definitely um and then at the same time i was starting to learn ableton more and mm-hmm. the way you can even like literally even just taking a t- a guitar and recording it into ableton and then resampling like yeah. pitching it around or putting re- like that then sounds like this futuristic thing and it's like okay this is kind of where the new sounds are right now uh yes so that um yeah, no, he's totally. What he said is totally right. Like the control and the way. I mean, honestly, even the way you can just like take a bass note and reverse it as part of a bass line to like l- create this feel. You just can't do that with like a live bass, a live bass player.
0: Yeah, exactly. Reverse snares, reverse percussion into like sweeping yeah. back in. Like yeah, it is. It is really fun. Um, I do think though. Um, and this is kind of where. Uh, you know producers like yourself and DJs like yourself who have come from a more traditional songwriting background I I feel like some producers fall into the trap of um like just getting so caught up in the details um with production um do you think like yeah having that background of songwriting has like you know helped a lot in what what you're writing now and like I definitely hear some of those indie influences in your music like that Mm -hmm. you mentioned so yeah
1: yeah i mean i think i i've like since i started as a like a uh, you know drummer and singer and then and then i was a songwriter for a while before i ever started producing like i definitely and i i worked out of school for a little while too so i would mm. talk to students about this but like listeners unless they're a producer or like in the industry themselves like people aren't going to be like oh, my God, that snare drum's so awesome. Or, like, yeah. oh, they, must have, they must have spent so long side-chaining, like, that kick. Like, people just want to hear, they just hear something, and it either, like, communicates or it doesn't. And, mm-hmm. like, ultimately, that's, like, all I want to be doing in the end. How I get there. I mean, like, all the things I've learned about production and songwriting are, like, helping me get there, but... um if I get into a place where like I'm getting super caught up in the details or feel like I can't finish the mix or like whatever it is, like I will take a break from it for sure. Uh, like maybe show it to a friend or something like that. Just get some fresh ears or honestly even like listen, like in the room with them so I can see how they react to stuff. Um, and try and regroup, regroup that way. But, Definitely if you're getting caught in the details and you're on like hour two of like EQing anything, you should probably just call it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And like when, when you like EQ something one way and then you process it with something else and then you do the reverse EQ later on, it's like, you just, you just like creating extra work. What did I do? (laughs) Yeah. I also feel like, yeah, you're so right about feedback. Like when you show it to someone else, who like can provide like a more overall objective like how does the song feel perspective it's like Mm. sometimes a solution is more simple like i'll be tweaking like a snare eq or something for ages and then they're like dude just i don't know the snare sounds weird just change the whole thing instead of like making what's already bad try and sound okay just yeah just take a simpler solution you know
1: sound selection is so so important
0: i mean that was like something mm. i definitely
1: learned like a year in or a year and a half in was just put a new kick drum in like what do you yeah you don't need to keep EQing. just just you got a bunch of other kick drums in your library Yeah. um that's yeah it's definitely a much better solution most of the time
0: yeah 100 percent. that's it's a gold, golden piece of advice i feel um yeah man that's cool. Um on the topic of production like as well. Yeah, so obviously a lot of your sound is that kind of slower BPM driving house with a lot of bass influence um in terms of sound design, but you also have these really cool like vocal hooks. Like spoken word or sometimes like, you know, sung vocals. Do you normally like start with a vocal hook and build the track around that? Or does it kind of come in later in the process? Um, I'm curious because it definitely feels like that's a like a f- major part of your sound.
1: Yeah, it definitely. I mean, it definitely is. And like I would say, just like drums, bass, and the vocals are like the core or like the foundation of all the tracks. So mm. I, I I don't necessarily start with any one of those but mm. every song starts with like one of those you know one yeah. of those three things and then it's about making them work together to kind of be like one instrument like yeah. just, you know just accent each other as much as they can yeah um it's great when like a really catchy vocal phrase like just comes to me and I just like get to like sing it into my phone and then like make a song out of it. But like, I'm not so lucky that that happens all the time, you know? So yeah, sometimes I got to just make a beat and like get inspired uh, from the beat. So, uh, but definitely always starting with drums, bass uh, or vocals.
0: That's cool. So a lot of them are you just recording into your phone and like processing it and stuff. Some of them, uh, yeah. honestly, like
1: really did like the demo demo thing recorded into my phone or just into the laptop microphone. Yeah. was better. It was be- I tried to re-record? You know, you tried to re-record stuff just to see. Um, but they had this quality about them, and then also I'll say with the with the vocal pitching that I do, it the way the vocal ends up sounding after I've pitched it around and, and affected it is like so specific to how my performance was and like 100% recreate that is like very, very difficult.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: So then it's also like, well, you know, my first performance was just better. Yeah. Um, And, and then, yeah, but then with like, you know, saturation EQing some layer, some slight reverb or maybe like a high layer of reverb, you know, Mm. you can make it sound, um, Good. And then you can also make like the sort of AM radio lo-fi quality sound very purposeful also. Yes. Um, So then it's like, all right, well, that's like a a characteristic now. So then it's, uh, you kind of, you know, make it work for yourself.
0: Mm. I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I've heard a lot of producers um, come on. I think I was talking to, I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy called Jafunk. He kind of makes like funky, soulful, slow kind of music, house music and um i was talking to him and he also sometimes just records stuff on his phone and processes it in ableton and stuff like that and it's i think i think maybe it's like a almost rebellion against the perfection of like other processing techniques it's sometimes nice to throw in something that's a little more raw um i feel like it's also like once you throw something in and it's in the tune you kind of get attached to the way it sounds and you're like i just kind of want to keep it in there like it's definitely a totally
1: favorite. yeah and you definitely have to be careful of that also like demo itis or yeah you know, just getting attached to the way it sounded um but i think like as a you know starting like you know as a singer in the studio and now being more of a producer like the performance it like definitely is the most important thing so if you're just mm. like loose vibing into your phone you get like a good rhythm or like you're just the way you enunciate things just like has this looseness, um, or, like, just this genuine performance, like, and then you go into, like, into the booth, put the headphones on, you're, like, all right, I'm gonna do it for real now. Um, without trying at all, you can kind of, like, get in your own head and, like, try too hard or, you know, um, so, so, yeah, you know, if you just capture that performance that you need, um, Mm. and it just happens to be the first, like, demo take you did, then, um, just being able to recognize that like is definitely helpful because it can be that first one, but you know, a lot of people do re-record stuff in multiple takes and things like that too.
0: For sure. It's also like for me personally, real quick, why I have my microphone obviously set up for like podcasts like this. So I can record my voice, but it's also nice because I can just record into this mic. And for me, I can do it while I'm sitting down and producing and I actually feel like I don't overthink it then. And I just sing based on the feel. And and I'm still experimenting with singing. Like I'm I've been on and off with my voice ever since I started producing music, and I'm not sure if I want to sing on my tracks or not. But I do feel like having the right mindset when you sing is absolutely crucial. And if you overthink it, which I often do, you, you don't actually end up sounding as good as you want to. So
1: that's yeah, huge.
0: singing's hard. I mean, singing yeah. is
1: definitely a mind game. Um mm. yeah, so there's definitely something to that.
0: Totally, man um awesome i want to move back to came for the low for a little bit um one thing i didn't realize about that track and i discovered when i was doing research for this episode is um and i I actually hadn't watched this yet which i'm it's actually on my netflix to watch list so this is why i hadn't realized this but yeah it got in the falcon and the winter soldier which is i think a really, really cool uh, achievement for you guys, um, for both you and Zoo. Um, do you want to dive into how that, like, sync deal came around? And, yeah, what was that process like?
1: Well, it was crazy that it happened. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm a huge Marvel fan, so that was, like, really out of luck. Le- so, basically, I like, they just asked us. Like, I don't think we can... I don't know who, who's big enough to really be pitching like Marvel's just so big. Like, yeah, I think they, they probably got to ask you. So, uh, they, you know, they reached out to us. Like, luckily, I mean, I think it was definitely connected with like, like the city was called low town mm. in the scene. So there was a connection there. Um, but the vibe of the song definitely fit the scene really well too. Um, so, yeah, we got, you know, we got the offer. I, of course, was like this, like 100%. Like I'm really obsessed with Marvel stuff. Um, and like the night, and then, you know, like there's a couple weeks you're like, all right, it might happen, it might not. And then you find out that it is happening. And then you're like, well, I wonder how like prominent it's going to be. Like maybe it'll just be in the background. Like people won't even really notice, like whatever. And then it ended up being like a pretty big part of this club scene and like that scene got turned into a meme uh with zemo and it was very surreal i mean like um and me and zoo are officially part of the mcu like we're on the mcu wikipedia or like wiki page which is like very surreal to me also because
0: crazy like i
1: said i'm a pretty pretty big fan so um that was just so cool and that was like coming out of the you know the pandemic was very hard you know, for pretty much everybody, um, mm. took away a lot of momentum, like tour dates, things like that. Um, so that, that Marvel sync came like sort of as things were just starting to open back up here, like maybe a, a month or two before, like some shows, you know? Um, yeah. so that was just, was just so cool. Um, That's amazing. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's crazy in being in the, in the, because that's where I came across it was like the MCU like wiki or whatever was like oh your name's actually in there that's really that's crazy um that's really cool I also think a lot the funny the funny thing is about that is a lot of the time like with as you mentioned it's really hard to like pitch a company like Marvel like what the heck how are you gonna ever get your tune on on something like that but oftentimes like it's when your music connects with a person, and that person maybe just happened to work at Marvel and was like, oh, "I heard this song the other day. We should use it for this scene um, that's coming up." Like those kind of things can happen. Um, I think, like as you know, artists, we we create like fans, but we never know who those fans are. That fan could be some. Person who runs this thing or runs that thing, you know, and yeah, may, maybe that was the reason the opportunity came around. Who actually knows in the end, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I and I like right out of college, I worked at a a publishing company actually, mm. um, part time. And like, we, my boss just used to be like, I was like, what's the best thing you can do to get like your song placed? He was like, have a hit song. Mm. I was like, all right, I mean, that does make sense, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> so. You know, like a real, like you are, you definitely got to be out there working your music. You got to have like a team or if it's just you, whatever it is, like you definitely got to be promoting yourself, Mm. uh, promoting the music, but you really want like the music, trying to to be making music that does connect with people to a level where, you know, they'll want to use your music for things or they'll want to come to the shows, like all that. So, um, yeah you know that but i think marvel's that you're right like marvel's definitely just so big that it's like i don't know how you could really I mean, there's some artists that are big enough for sure but you got to be pretty big
0: <laughs> yeah so that now that's so, that's so cool i think i remember um a similar thing back in oh, i can't remember the name of the movie now it was i think it was like a disney or pixar movie but skrillex was in it and he was actually in the movie djing it was like uh-huh. an animated movie oh that's i cool. all I remember is this big monster dude, and it's like in a video game kind of movie. I can't remember what it was. Um, oh, that might have been. I haven't seen it. That sounds like Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Similar thing, like, I guess, actually being in the... His song was in it, but he was actually in it too, which is...
1: Yeah. And it's really cool. cool. I mean, the thing that becomes, like, cool and sort of trippy about that is, like, you then like are real in a world that's not real like you're Mm. in this like you're like a character but yourself sort of in this world like it is um overall it's just cool though
0: before i get too
1: too trippy about it (laughs) yeah
0: yeah it is man oh that's so cool um and then moving on from i guess that tune you had um You've had a couple other releases and you've had your most recent EP come out, which is Party Starters. Um, so that's like your first non single release, I think. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I mean I did a two song release like way like right before the pandemic. So that sorta yeah. got um, you know, pushed under the rug by the by the pandemic. But yeah, this is my first, you know, like four, you know, you know, four this is a four song EP, so it's the biggest collection. put out so far for sure
0: that's cool um what made you want to do uh ep instead of instead of just another single um i think like because
1: i definitely you know i am an artist you know like i Hmm. am a house producer electro you know tech whatever these sort of couple different styles but i also am an artist so i like really want to and as live shows have, you know, I got to play Red Rocks back in May and, like, sort of start to bring people into my world with the live show. It just felt like a good time to put out a little bit bigger body of work to allow people that want to dive deeper to be able to dive deeper and see that, like, I definitely am, um, you know, creating a little creating world for us all to party in, basically.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Do you, do you um find yeah I I definitely like the having you know a, a more holistic body of work to present like as much as I think you know singles are definitely the market we're in for music these days. It's something nice about releasing an EP or an album even um still. And I think a lot of artists definitely want to aspire to still do that because there is that uh, something special about it. Do you think you were able to kind of on this release experiment a bit more with like different, you know, maybe corners of your sound in, in some ways.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think so. Like one bump is a mid tempo track and then smile like Aaliyah is, um, has a bit of like a UK break beat, um, as mm. well as a house beat in the chorus. But like, those were two songs. Whereas, like, so little mama and then good bad boy, the first two kind of more have just more straight ahead um, house beats. One bump and smile, like I felt like wouldn't have made a lot of sense. Like, if I just put them out as singles and like that was it, um, yeah. It would have been. I th- I think that like, exact like tying them into little mama and good bad boy. It's like okay, he is this you know more DJ leaning house type producer, but. I do expand into, you know, other styles of electronic music and some different tempos. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I do think it, it, it makes a lot more sense to do it on an EP. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it definitely, um, ha- yeah, the format has more option because you're right, there are tracks that I feel you can release that you wouldn't normally release as singles just because they don't necessarily fit the single context um yeah but yeah a track a track some of those tracks can definitely work on on an ep and yeah it allows you to have that more creative freedom i suppose um yeah
1: it is like the expectations too like you just said like the expectations of a single people are like people put kind of a lot of weight it's like oh this is your sound now mm, um and with an ep it's like well this is part of my you know this is like part of what i do
0: mm, that's so true yeah Uh, And then obviously like the, the kind of standout track on that EP is "Raw Mama. mama. Was there any particular process that you had for that track uh, that you, yeah, did or yeah, how did that one in particular come around? That one uh, did
1: start with the vocal. Okay, I cool. was one of the few were like that, Hey, little mama, will not you come in next to me? Like that. I don't know if I was like leaving a club one night or what this was, I wrote it like early on and I wrote it around the same time as came for the low actually. Wow. Um, and, and yeah, so then I, I had that vocal pitched it down. That was kind of one of the first times, I, honestly it may have been the first time I figured out the vocal style also where I, Sing I sing slash rap kind of monotone mm. and then I pitch it pitch it down all together and then from there like pitch it around to create a little bit of a melody so it's not literally just monotone.
0: Yeah, um, right.
1: And then it also makes the voice sound a little bit different because it's not like me going, Hey little mama would you come next to me. It's like Ableton's pitching tool is creating that cha- uh tonal change, yes, which sounds different. So um that that definitely started with the vocal like that, and then it was like, all right, just let's m- let me just create a line that like brings this vocal out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually, when I showed it to Zoo, he actually took like one or two notes out. Like the, my line was a little bit busier, right? He took like one or two notes out because like the space in the drop is like just so cool. Yes. Um, so that was um, just part, you know, part of that process for sure.
0: Mm, yeah it's funny how subtracting things is like adding it like makes a big difference sometimes you need to remove notes or remove layers and it actually just has room to breathe because that that definitely is one thing that stands out to me about that track is yeah the sense of space and just epicness maybe is like when the bass comes in the vocal it's just like so solid and catchy um you don't really need to add anything to it so um yeah that's that's really interesting actually. Um, yeah and like things things can just be bigger like when there's space mm.
1: um just in, in in all styles like it was like um, something that like uh the edge from u2 said about his guitar playing like he plays like really simple chords he play, he doesn't even he just plays like octaves like you know very few notes in a chord but then he can like turn the delay way up turn the distortion up and it still sounds like clean, but it just sounds so massive. Like, there is, like, yes, you, you really do have to keep things simple to like make something uh, really big.
0: Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, de- I definitely think, even from like a technical standpoint, when you just put too much sound in a mix, it just everything just turns to mush. Like, it, it, yeah, it, it just doesn't sound good. Like, the more you add, the less space there is for each element, and it just, Yeah, it doesn't really work. (laughs) I used to talk about it like
1: uh, I don't like paint a lot, but I think you know how like when you're painting and you mix colors too much, it turns like to put like brown, like looks like shit. It's like that's what mixing is like when you have too much stuff, it like literally turns to shit. Yeah, Uh, and like yeah, you gotta
0: have space for all your instruments. That's so true. Wow, I love that analogy. Yeah, brown brown paint is when you add too many too many layers in yeah oh man it's been a few you've had a few good one-liners like demo itis i feel like when you mentioned that as well i was like yeah i have demo itis a lot when it's just like oh man i've listened to this track too many times i'm too attached to the form it's in like yeah there's a few few good analogies like it happened dude yeah you really do have
1: to just take time from stuff like yeah yeah
0: it's
1: crazy
0: yeah man it's uh good um awesome man so yeah you've had that come out that ep um i suppose um going forward now like you've um mentioned before we started recording that you have a few shows coming up um one is escape in october do you want to tell us a little bit about that one
1: yeah so this is um insomniac's big halloween festival in southern california and uh, it's my first uh, main stage play, which Congrats. is very, very cool. So I'm playing on the main stage at 5 p.m. on Saturday, awesome. uh, the 30th. And I don't know, I just feel so like so honored to be on the main stage. Like the lineup is crazy. You know, the people that I'm playing on that stage with and, um, you know, going to college here like in you know in LA like escape was just like such a big deal so um I'm very very excited about that for sure That's And awesome. I'm just think I'm finalizing my costume now that's like the last piece of the cuz it's the Halloween festival I got to have a good uh good costume that still looks fashionable you know
0: Awesome awesome we'll <laughs> uh, we'll let everyone who's going to go to that show um wait to see what that is cuz that'll be yeah. that'll be exciting Oh, awesome, man! That'll be fun. And then you've got another one, also in October, with um, Black Caviar on the second in San Francisco at Temple. Um, yeah, do you want to tell yeah. us a bit about that one as well? I mean, yeah, you know. I mean,
1: so this was a show. Black Caviar and I had a couple shows scheduled, um, right? You know, right before the pandemic hit. So this was one of those that has finally been uh, rescheduled, and yeah. Um. Yeah, San Francisco Temple. I haven't been to that club before, but San Francisco is like such a dope city for house music and dance music, and um, it's definitely going to be a great show. Uh, I think like Black Caviar, you know, I, musically Black Caviar and I like definitely fit together, so it's going to be a fun night. Mm. Um, yeah, just looking forward to ha Really happy to be playing in San Francisco. Um, it's my first time as party with Le- party with Ray playing in San Francisco, so um i know there's a couple people i'm going to see out so it'll be very
0: cool awesome man i'll uh, leave as many details as possible for both those in the show notes so people can go check them out if you're in the uh california region definitely go see those um apart from those two what are you kind of planning over the next you know six to twelve months like do you have any ideas or goals or plans that you're you're thinking about
1: yeah, I mean, now it's just like onto the next, you know, onto the next song uh, in a couple weeks or months, whatever. I mean, we definitely put a lot into this EP release, so we're going to let it yeah sit for a little while. And, you know, we got a couple videos coming out. um, But, yeah, no, I got like a couple remixes I'm really into. There's a couple new songs I have that we're just, you know, figuring out when to put them out, who to put them out with. Yep um and that you know that and then just uh, there'll be more shows you know early 2022 i mean we'll see you know fingers crossed everything with covid keeps you know getting better but uh um i'm very very excited like just in general the the live show i think not being able to do it for so long like i i Came for the low, came out just a few months before the pandemic, so I never really got to play a lot of shows and like develop mm. the live vocals that I'm doing now with the DJ. You know, like that's part oh, awesome. of um, my live show. So then at at Red Rocks back in May, we got to do this full live show setup for the first time, where I have like you know a mic set up at the front of the stage. So I sort of you know I I'm DJing, but then I come up and i and I become like a front man of like awesome. an indie band you know or whatever you know just of a band yeah um and like perform the songs on the mic i have a really cool vocal effects pedal actually yeah the roland vt4 uh, sick nice great uh great for what i'm doing just pitch shifting and some auto tune yeah. um and yes yeah, so we got i got to do that full live setup at red rocks so i mean it was a great stage big stage to do it on and you know, I've gotten to do it a couple more times. We'll do it at the festival, so I'm definitely just looking forward to developing that more because that's definitely a big part of um, of the project.
0: Totally, man, it, and having that you know distinctive element about a live show, even like you know, and you don't have to make it complicated. Like you can still have it very DJ based. Like you know, you are are doing yourself. That can be you know just nice. People remember that little extra nice thing about it um that's really cool to hear that you're doing your vocals live as well that's awesome
1: yeah it was definitely like um you know I was like I was the singer in the in the bands that I used to be in and I was yeah. in front of me. and so I sort of I was like why can't I do this and then I was yeah. like well I think I, you know like I think I can <laughs> uh, totally and and then it worked, you know, like the crazy thing about the Red Rock show is like I had never done it like that before. I had done a different version like two or three times in clubs with like the mic right next to me at the DJ booth, but it wasn't yeah. really what I was hoping it would be. It didn't, um, I felt like we needed to make more of a, a thing, like a moment of me like coming out from behind the decks and becoming a, a singer yeah, um, type of thing. And yeah, for Red Rocks was like, really have no idea how this is, is this gonna be received well? Is it gonna be like weird? And then like, it just, it definitely came together in the way I was hoping where it's like, you're DJing, you're connecting with people with the music. And then just for a moment, you come up and you get like a little closer to the audience. You can like talk to them, you know, sing a little bit. And uh, it definitely feels to me like it adds, you know, a little more connection to the totally. crowd.
0: Yeah, I love that, man. Um, sweet. Well, everyone who's going to go to going to that show will, uh, yeah, those shows will have something to look forward to. That's awesome. Um, awesome, man. I have one last question, um, and this is kind of someone, I'm, uh, something I'm asking everyone who comes on the show at the moment, and it is mm-hmm. a little controversial, but in terms of like, I, I believe you know when we you know grow as artists and stuff like that we all make mistakes uh, and we all learn from those mistakes but if there was one thing um if you had a time machine if there's one thing you mm-hmm. could go back and change what do you think that would be for you uh
1: i think it was like uh Something to do <laughs> it's with it's a bit hard. To, sorry to take yeah, no, 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 take no. no. I really, I really like it. I, I yeah. think it's a good because it's important. Like I was, you know, you gotta learn from failure for sure. Yeah. Um, I would say for me, I had this this innocence coming into the music industry where, like, I just genuinely love music. I loved playing music, and like, I was like, oh, like just peace and love. Uh, you know, just make music, be happy, and like people will connect with um or let's say business people w- w- will work with artists that they really believe in and then um it's like no like ultimately like this thing has to make money somehow or like yeah. connect with an audience to a level where where they will pay to hear the music pay to come to shows and like there was some heartbreak that i felt early on when like i faced rejection um not understanding that it wasn't that people were saying, like, you're a terrible songwriter, you're a terrible frontman, like whatever it is. It's like literally like we don't think we can sell this right now. Right. And that might be the music. It might be the way you look. It might be the band around you. It might be that people aren't listening to indie rock right now, like whatever it is. Um, so just don't let that kind of stuff get to you as much as what i is what i would have said to myself it's like yeah don't you know don't let that kind of thing break down your confidence as an artist or as a songwriter producer because um, it's not even about that necessarily
0: wow that's awesome man yeah that's i think that's a great piece of advice for for budding artists out there definitely wow well, this has been a great interview, man. Um, I hope Thanks you've been for enjoying me. yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been
1: fun. I love you know. I love talking about uh, this kind of thing. Definitely, what I do most of my days. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> sweet, man. Um, lastly, where can people find you online? Like you know, social handles and stuff. Uh, my Instagram is Party with Ray
1: just at party with ray and my twitter is party with ray dj um there's uh some really cool woman out there you know named named ray who had party with Ray also which is totally cool uh <laughs> so i have, i have party with ray dj on twitter yeah. and uh and my facebook's just party with ray
0: cool um and same with spotify Sweet man, I'll I'll yeah. leave those all in the description, and I'll leave a link um for everyone to go check out party starters as well. Um, yeah, man. Well, once again, yeah, this has been so much fun. Thanks for jumping on, dude. Yeah, again, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, everyone go
1: check out check out the music. Yeah, and uh, come party with me live, whenever I'm uh, in your city for sure.
0: Great. Great man. Man.